Hello and welcome to a OV Udemy chat. Uh, and tonight, today we're going to be talking about overcoming camera fear. So it's going to be about, you know, how do you overcome camera fear? We've got some great people on the panel. We've got expertise in all of this. Um, and I'm going to let them introduce. I'm going to start from my left, which is Gisela. So Gisela, can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you relate to this topic? Um, hello, how are you? How is everybody? Um, um, my name is Gisela Echeverria. I'm a psychologist. And um, um, my specialization is in um, basically in uh, organizational development and uh, uh, all that has to do with uh, personal development. Personal. Um, I'm also a professional translator and interpreter English-Spanish and a voiceover for neutral Spanish. Uh, how am I related to this topic? Well, I guess because of my experience, you know, it's going through and not knowing anything about this, of being very much afraid of talking in a camera or talking in public even, uh, and how I, I kind of let go of that and, and became um, confident when talking in front of a camera. It's a process and also um, due to my studies of psychology of course uh, that has helped me a lot and I have some in interesting things to share with you guys. Thank you Gisela, Thank you. excellent. So Gisela is our resident psychologist tonight so everyone has to behave or they will get analyzed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to um, just um, if and when you've uh, finished speaking, guys, if you could just mute your microphones, that'd be great, so that I don't get any background noise. I've got a little bit of background noise at the moment, but not you, Len, because I want you to introduce yourself. Okay, right, Len Smith. Um, I've been with uh, Udemy for three years now. So my, my background is marketing, and for 20, 30 years, I was a freelance copywriter. So my, my courses are all very much communications related, uh, but this particular topic is, is something rather, rather like Estella, I, I've, I've learned the hard way, in that uh, three years ago, uh, the, uh, the videos on, on uh, Udemy uh, were really about the standard of, of YouTube, and um, so a, a steep learning curve, uh, and uh, now I do genuinely feel uh, comfortable in front of the camera, and I, I think I can share some, some, some ideas with people. That's excellent. And, and Len hasn't quite sold himself that. Len is a very, very successful instructor on Udemy. So it's really, really good to have him on here today. Uh, he's got a lot of experience on Udemy and he knows it inside and out. So it's great to have him here. Uh, Melanie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Melanie Hall and I am the owner and CEO of Big Eptic Social Marketing, LLC. Uh, based in Dayton, Ohio, but when you have an internet service, you can do business all over the world. And specifically to this topic, I uh, have an on-camera group uh, where we broadcast every Monday to give people live on-camera practice. It's called Lights, Camera, HOA. And I'm the host, and Sheila Strover is our comment wrangler, and Rain Dowell is our um, Co-host. <laughs> See what happens when my lower third doesn't work? Anyway, <laughs> it's all about helping everyone over, getting, giving them a place to practice because 
they have goals to be on camera to make videos and, and tutorials, but they try harder to find areas how they cannot be seen rather than to be seen. So we just flip that around. That's excellent, Melanie. So we're going to put a link to that hangout on here, Melanie. And, you know, great to connect to her because you can literally go and, you know, hang out with these guys and they're going to help you, um, you know, uh, that's, that's a, a great service where they're going to actually help you and you can go and practice with them. You know, that's fantastic. So I want to get a link for that, get that in the description for anybody who's maybe looking for a bit of help from this. Philomena? Um, hello, I'm Philomena Timberlake. Um, Mark and I run a company called SME Heroes. It's an online marketing company um, designed to help you with your marketing needs and uh, after video. Um, in relation to sort of this topic, I had to overcome the fear of public speaking. I was once sort of quite terrified at the thought of having to get in front of people and I'd say that's a similar fear as to sort of getting on in front of a camera. So I ended up joining a club which I hope to get a chance to sort of explain to people during the hangout to help uh, help me overcome the fear of it. So it is, uh, you know, definitely something that affects more people than perhaps uh, we, uh, we realize. That's great. Tracy? Hello, everyone. I'm Tracy Goodwin, uh, owner of Captivate the Room. I was a professional actor and voiceover artist for, for over 20 years, but for the last 20 Plus years, I have been coaching people on voice technique and voice improvement, as well as presentation skills training and on-camera training, everything from actors to all the way up to Fortune 500 executives and everything in between. Um, I focus a little bit on accent reduction and training actors in dialects, and voice technique is really my area of expertise, but my courses on Udemy are in presentation skills and on-camera training and voice technique, and I'm thrilled to be here today. And I can tell you, I've taken some of Tracy's course, and she is an expert on this stuff. She knows her stuff. Um, and... Um, Obviously, yeah, so we run Marketer Company. I've, you know, I've got 11 courses on Udemy. They're all featuring uh, my ugly mug, as we'd say. You know, so I've got that personal experience, but what we've also got in the business is we've had to get clients who have no video experience whatsoever and stick them in front of a camera and, and produce a commercial quality video. So we're hoping to bring some of that background in. But as you can see, guys, we're absolutely fantastic panel tonight. I think we've pretty much covered every angle we could. Apologies for the people that couldn't get on the panel. We just filled up so fast this week, uh, we could just squeeze you in. I just want to give a shout out to the people in the Q&A. Uh, John Chang's here, Sue Mosley, Christy Lambert, Sheila Strover, Rob from Creature Design, Eileen, quick uh, hi to all of you. Uh, obviously, you've got the Q&A here, so we're going to monitor that. But Phil's also going to mon monitor the event stream. So if you're leaving comments there, uh, Philomena will monitor that. I can only, unfortunately, monitor Q&A because I can only do one thing at a time because I'm a man. So with that in mind, let's start with a question, okay? Um, and uh, what causes camera fear. I think we should start here before we, we go into anything else. What is it that causes camera fear? Does anyone want to sort of touch or start on that? Gisela, okay. Oh uh, yes, 
um, well, it, it's interesting because uh, fear is uh, one of the most common emotions, um, negative emotion, if you want to call it that way. But uh, the thing is that it's interesting that when they have done uh, studies concerning the, the fear, what, what is the greatest fear of humans? Uh, the fear of speaking in public comes out to be the top one. Wow. Even over uh, fear to die. It's incredible. I mean, people really fear about speaking in public. Why? Your question why was, why? Why is that? Well, many things. It's kind of a fear of being uh, ridiculous, of, making a, of, make, of being wrong, of saying something that is not correct, of uh, making people, you know, laugh at you or this type of things, you know. It, and it all comes from, in my point of view and from what I've read about this, it comes from the, the fact when people feel insecure in themselves, when, that's, when their self-esteem and self-confidence is low, well, their fear to speak in public, of course, is greater. So uh, kind of to work with fear, uh, in my opinion, you have to start working with your self-esteem and your self-confidence and, and know that it doesn't matter if you make a mistake. You, when, when you come to that, when you come to that point, well, what happens if I make a mistake? So what? I mean, everybody makes mistakes. When you, when you come to that realization and that acceptance in yourself, I mean, fear to speak in public kind of begins to demolish, you know, to dissolve. Okay. I picked up three themes, really. I've, I've been looking through the, um, the studio, and uh, this is a recurring uh, concern that people are worried about uh, talking to camera. And the three things that, that seem, seem to worry them are, one, the way they feel, two, the way they look, and three, the way they perform. So um, the, the, um, the way they look is physically, literally, their, their, their face. Uh, it's, it's quite a shock when we first see ourselves. Uh, the way they perform, they, they've not been trained in some of the, the very simple techniques that we, we, we use. Uh, and so, of course, they're, they're, they're very, uh, very exposed. And, and the way they feel, uh, they're just so embarrassed. You know, this is the first time they've sat in their bedroom or in, in their office in front, talking to a camera. Uh, so th th those, are, those are three things. And, and, uh, I think what's good is that there are simple techniques to address each of those three areas. Mm, mm, mm. Does anybody else want to add to that? I, I do have another element to it. <clears throat> uh, based on the people that I am uh, meeting through Lights, Camera, HOA, uh, regardless if we have uh, public speaking expertise like Toastmasters, I'm a Toastmaster, <laughs> uh, people who have performed on stage, yes, uh, people who have played music in front of people, yes, but it goes beyond all these things, no matter what we feel we have accomplished in the past, now we have this element that we're being recorded and that terrifies us. That terrifies us because it's like uh, when you when you publicly speak at an auditorium, and basically, unless you know you're being broadcast for the world, you relax because you know once it's over, you're done. But we have now this element where we're leaving these legacies on recorded media, and that is so terrifying, so terrifying. 
because uh, that leaves us more vulnerable than we've ever known. So uh, once we accept that this is just the way this new thing works in the world, that it's expected now that we do share ourselves on video, uh, we can progress faster and uh, just remember that you know, yes, we're recording it, and it's going to be part of our posterities, uh, our legacy, our history, and that's the beauty of it. Embrace it. Mm -hmm. Philomena, I'm just going to go Philomena and then bring um, Tracy in, because I know that Phil, you, you're a, you're a Toastmaster as well. I'm um, a I'm a Toastmaster as well. Yes. <laughs> and I remember when you first went, you was absolutely petrified of public speaking, weren't you? Um, I was. I was very much so. And I used to look at other people and think, how do they get up in front of people? They look so calm and relaxed. And how do they do it? And I thought, I'll never be able to achieve something like this. And when I went first went to the club, and just to give a bit of background to people that are maybe not aware of what Toastmasters is, it's an international club, um, not-for-profit. And basically, they operate in many countries around the world and in many cities. And basically, you can join a club, go along, and then you practice speaking in front of other people. You practice um, it's very structured programs that you follow, whether it's um, speeches, impromptu, uh, talks as well. And basically, it supplies such a safe environment, it helps you sort of overcome your fears. Now, interestingly, uh, what the club didn't do was we didn't sort of address why we were fearful. We just sort of got on and started speaking <laughs> and started practicing. And just being in such a safe environment, being able to speak in front of other people was enough to then sort of remove uh, the fear. And then once you, once you started practicing, you're like, I can do this. This is fine. And then, then that could translate to other environments, then when I had to speak in front of other people, the fear had completely gone. So I would yeah, highly I'll, recommend. Yeah, I'm going to come back later to practicing because mm. I think that's a key thing. And that's actually a subject we're going to be talking about later. But I just want to bring Tracy in because um, obviously Tracy's been coaching people through this whose livelihoods depend on it. You know, it's not just a case of whether I choose to, I have to. So, what's some of your thoughts on the, the camera fear and how you've dealt with that in the past, Tracy? Well, uh, there are several issues, and of course, I, I love what everyone said. I agree with what everyone has said so far, but one of the biggest issues that I deal with are people are so unforgiving of themselves. They are so incredibly critical of the way they look, the way they sound. I deal with a lot of people in the way they sound. It's one thing to get up live, and if you're super animated and a lot of movement, and just like the camera, they say adds 10 pounds, although I refuse to believe it, it picks up the tiniest movement. When I first started my career, my agent sent me to a blinking coach. You know, I mean, it, it, ridiculous, because I blink so much. And so people are super, super hyper, oh, look, I'm moving my head too much, or I hate the sound of my voice. And so, you know, you really have to make that shift from focusing on what I call the dings to focusing on the victories. We have to totally reframe. Someone said, change how you feel. Well, how do you want to feel? You're the expert. You feel, you just reframe that feeling. 
and it really is getting past the fear. I don't know a human alive that's not had a bad communication, you know, issue sometime in their life. Perhaps it was a college professor. Perhaps it was a mother. Perhaps it was a, a boyfriend. Perhaps it was a neighbor. And we've turned that into this massive fear that's so huge in our minds. And we just have to run to the roar because when we get there, we're going to discover, oh, that wasn't nearly what we thought it was going to be. So it's, you know, it's just the action of doing and getting, like you said, Phil, I mean, get, I love the fact that they just get you up on your feet with no recourse to the fear because if we sit around and think about the fear, we'll think about it for another 10, 20 years when we have a message to share and someone out there, maybe a lot of someone's want to hear it, need to hear it. So it's, you know, it's, it's partly technique and getting past all of that criticism, permission to get it wrong because there is no wrong, and then dealing with that fear. Excellent, excellent, Tracy. And, you know, one of the things uh, I want to discuss now, you know, appearance issues, you know, because it's been brought up and it's actually in my notes to, to cover. And I want to bring that up. And I just want to start with a thought on this. You know, the way the way I cope with it is is really simple for me. And I think you know, I think what Gisela saying about self confidence is that there is an element of confidence to this. But one of the things for me is, I, I just encourage people to ask themselves this question. Okay, if everybody, if you knew everybody in the world, would everybody like you? Would they like the way you look? Would they like the way you sound? No. You know. And so once you accept that people, some people are not going to like the way you look. You know, it's a joke with me and Philomena that, you know, I remember I did one of my courses and someone criticized that I had a checkered shirt and they didn't like checkered shirts and they, they thought it looked like a picnic cloth. And you guys have heard me talk about it before if you listen on the Hangouts. You know, when you first see it, you're like, oh, oh, you know, because you're like, you know, someone's publicly <laughs> criticized the way you look. And that we're going to come to that as well, dealing with rejection when people actually voice, you know, because that's something else when people actually tell you they don't like the way you look. Um, that's something else. But the way I sort of get around for me is like not everybody's going to like me. I accept that. And once I accept that, I just be myself. Now, appearance issues. So I'm going to go in reverse this time. Uh, start with Tracy. So with appearance issues, Tracy, is there any sort of um, things we can do there? You know, How do we cope with if we're not comfortable with our appearance? Well, let me let me get clear on the question. Do you mean in the sense of what we look like or in the sense of what we're doing on camera? No, in the sense of someone who doesn't like their appearance. You know, they've got well, an issue. But maybe they're not maybe they haven't got confidence about, you know, they don't think they're very good looking or they don't think they're very pretty or do you get me? They don't like the way they look sometimes. And I think Melanie talked about it touched earlier. But what what if you do have that, do you have people coming to you sort of saying, okay, so, you know, when you get to it, is it a major problem appearance? Yes, but I deal with it a little bit more in the in, in a technical sense of I don't know what to do. I, I move my hands too much. I don't like the way I, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm not standing right. I don't, I'm not. I'm moving my head too much. I don't sound right. I don't look. I don't look good in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I have to really agree with what you said, Mark. And add to that: stop being your your worst critic. Stop being your worst critic because 
I'll be, you know, I, there's days I look at my replay and I think, oh, Lord, where's the lighting kit? You know, I, I need to get something here because I don't like the way I look. And I think we all feel that way. But like you said, we all look different. We all sound different. And the person, there are people that love me and my teaching style. There's people that don't love me and my teaching style. And if, and if it didn't work that way, we'd have a problem. So in a way, it's, you've got to let that go. It's not, I mean, it's not really for us to decide if we like the way we look or not. It's what is the audience going to think? The audience, you have to embrace that concept that the audience may love you. The audience may think you're fat, you look fabulous and sound fabulous. You've got to let go of that inner criticism and then you can take steps you know, that's to get past what I look like. Okay, I wish I was taller. I wish I was 20 years younger. I wish I was blonde. I wish I was thinner. Yes, absolutely. But someone is going to connect to you. And if you start changing and trying to be someone you're not, first of all, your message is no longer authentic. And that person that needs to connect with you, you've just destroyed that. They need to connect with you, the real you, what you look like, what you sound like. And then beyond that, we can get into the technical aspect of, well, yes, you do need more lighting. And perhaps we should adjust your gesture base and maybe your articulation. But first, it becomes about making it not about you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that's great. Philomena, do you want to add to that anything? Um, yeah, well, first I'll just um, read out a um, comment from uh, Creature Design. Um, my personal issues are with being too critical, too self-critical. When I watch myself back in video, I'm judging myself and not hearing the content, and that distracts me and, gives me, and makes me think, well, others are, are doing the same. Any advice to others feel the same? I think just for what Tracy was just saying there, that sort of has addressed, you know, what Rob has just uh, brought up. You know, we're all very self-critical and I know I am very, very self-critical. I'll try to, I'd, I'd record something again and again, almost to get it to perfection, but sometimes you have to just, I'll take a page out of Mark's book and think, nope, <laughs> just, just, you know, put, you know, just do it and put it out there. One thing I do want to mention is sometimes we don't necessarily see our faults, maybe sort of clearly. We're very self-critical, but the best thing to do is actually get um, feedback from other people. You know, what do you think? Um, you know, am I am I too much doing this? Am I too much giving too much emphasis? Am I am I too flat? Am I louder? So instead of sometimes trusting your own judgment about yourself, which is going to be extremely critical and biased, to get feedback from other people and other people that you know, um, are worthy to give feedback, you know, not somebody that's going to be more critical than yourself. <laughs> so that then you can genuinely yeah. address the issues because you can trust what the other person or the people have um, said about you. Yeah, you need to go. You need to go to people that have actually had the experience. I think that's really important. I think that's just a little thing there to add to what you were saying, Phil. If you're going to get constructive criticism, you know, you got people like Tracy, Mr. Living. You got people like Melanie. They're, they're helping people do this. You know, they're going to come to you constructively. But if you go to the wrong person, they're just going to tear you apart, and you're never going to get on camera again. So be very careful about who you select, and make sure that they've actually had some experience. Melanie, did you want to add to this? 
Oh my goodness, yes. I'm biting at the bit. You know, <laughs> we are not Hollywood. And those who are in Hollywood are not authentic anyway. I've studied Hollywood just to help myself get over like my imperfections. Hollywood requires your symmetrical face. You know, your everything is perfect on both sides, so it's like a mirror image. Well, not everybody has that. And people in Hollywood, if they don't have it, they create it through things called plastic surgery. Well, we're not in Hollywood, you guys. We live in neighborhoods. We have families. We're not on film all the time. Uh, we don't make billions of dollars and have island homes. We are just average people. And I guarantee you that those people who are watching us are not Hollywood either. They look like us. They don't have a, they don't have symmetrical faces. They don't have perfect hairlines. Uh, their roots will show. Their bulbs will show. Uh, their freckles will show. So that's the biggest thing. If you just realize in in reality, you are not Hollywood. No one expects you to be Hollywood. So skip the Hollywood altogether. Thank you, Madeline. That's brilliant. Len. Hey, yeah. You know, we've looked at the sort of psychological. Uh, uh, I, I give you some some uh, sort of practical mechanical tricks that uh, that can help. Uh, we do this straight away. Uh, the first thing to, to remember is is not to use the inbuilt camera in your computer, which we're doing right now, because it's a wide-angle lens, and particularly if you're sort of too close, then you look like a French bulldog. Um, but what, what I've discovered is that. Uh, People, people want to see our presence. They, they, they want to know that there's the human there. They want to trust us and, and everything else. So what we can do, rather than filling the screen uh, with a mugshot, uh, if we divide the screen into quarters and do exactly what they do on TV, picture in picture, watching the news. So the bottom, I use the bottom right-hand corner, uh, is where I appear. And the rest of the screen then is used for text, it's used for images and so on, to reinforce what I'm saying as it's going along. So you get you get two wins. One win is that you're reinforcing what you're saying, but uh, more importantly for us, I think, is that we're squeezing down now the, the, the scale. The second thing is, uh, sit well back, because um, an important aspect of communication is your hands. Uh, and uh, someone was saying earlier that they use their hands too much. I'm not sure that's possible, actually. It's much better that, uh, that uh, we, we can communicate uh, non-verbally. So again, we by using a three-quarter shot within a quarter of the screen, our face now is actually tiny, but we're still achieving exactly the results that we wanted. We, the person, are there talking directly to, to, to our student. Yeah, and I think that's a great technical tip when it comes to composition, Len, because you know the camera angle you know, that you choose, the, the type of camera you can choose, is going to help you when it comes to appearance. And what the basic rule is, the technical is, after 50 millimeters on a DSLR, the face gets natural. 85 millimeter camera will show your face naturally. Anything below that, and it starts to widen your face. Oh, sorry, if you get wide angle, it's actually going to narrow your face and push back. Um, so you can get different sorts of effects and I often see this with people so sometimes just getting a natural camera angle uh, leaving yourself room in the frame and what Len was talking about specifically there was when you're creating a Udemy course and you want to appear in the Udemy course because 
you know, although this can this this is applicable for anybody who's got video camera fear, this hangout will be applicable. We are, you know, niche targeting Udemy instructors who have this a lot a lot of instructors have a fear of appearing on camera and what Len is saying is in that context. So you know, giving yourself room, agree with Len, everything he said there, the composition can really help. And so can your background, making sure your backgrounds are clear, you know, making sure you dress in a comfortable way that the audience can actually engage with. That can be very important. You know, don't dress in a suit if you're trying to reach, you know, teenagers because they won't respond. So some of those things just by controlling your environment, you'll actually gain a little bit more confidence by controlling what you wear and how you look is actually going to, you know, if, I'm not saying, you know, you go out and get plastic surgery like Melanie said, we're not Hollywood, but if we just work a little bit on our appearance, our backgrounds, our camera angles a little bit, that's going to help us in our confidence because like Len says, if we're really close up to the screen, you know, um, it's not going to be very flattering and then when we see that, we're not going to like it. I didn't want to go. I do. I do. Just want to pick up Gisela and see if Gisela had um, uh, appearance issues. If you had anything to say on that, Gisela. Um, yes. Um, uh, I agree with all all that uh, all that has been said, and um, it, it's important. I mean, everyone kind of takes care of a basic self appearance, and I think that's enough. But the, the thing here is that we are talking about Udemy courses. When, in, when people come to Udemy to learn something, they will be more focused on the message more than what the instructor looks like. Of course, one has, a, again, a minimum, a minimum uh, presence, let's say, of taking care of one's presence. But um, one of the things that helped me out when I started uh, speaking as an instructor and speaking in front of public and so forth is that my mentor told me something that I never forgot. And he told me, remember that you know more about what you are going to say than the people that are going to listen to you. So I, I always remember that. And that gives you confidence that, okay, wait a minute. I know what I'm talking about. I'm here giving a course in Udemy because I know the topic. I manage it. I, 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 I have a hold of that. And people will be there to listen to what I have to say more than to look at me. Of course, if I look nice, if I have a self, if I smile instead of having, you know, a grumpy face, that would be great, you know, like working with my facial expression and all that. But it's important that we focus, that we give more uh, importance to our message and how we transmit our message than, rather than how we look. Okay, now one of the things I want to talk, and I'm going to come back to Tracy on this because she deals with this specifically uh, in one of her courses. And um, some, yeah, say with Udemy, for instance, a lot of people are coming to the platform and they don't have, um, or they have a very strong accent. And that can be, you know, and I know, Len, you'll have seen this in the studio, people have an accent, they, 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 they sort of, you know, that's a real big thing for them. It's not just appearance, it can be the way they sound. Um, now, obviously, you know, 
Tracy is a voice coach. She deals with it. She can help you remove your accent. But what, 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 what if you had to give like three really quick, like in a, in a minute sort of tips to help people with accents or to help them, you know, start to cope with how they feel about their accent? What would you say, Tracy? Well, I think three of the biggest issues that that I deal with when I do my accent reduction work are things that I could crank out in a, in a pretty quick nutshell. And this kind of ties back into what you said earlier about make sure you get the proper criticism because I think that's where a lot of people make their errors in their voice if they're dealing with a thick accent. They go to someone and, and, the, and the someone says, oh, you got to do this. And they make an adjustment and it was a, it's a disaster. One of the biggest issues is pacing. People, many, many cultures speak very, very fast. And so the brother or the mother or the wife says, oh, you got to slow down. And so they start doing what I call block speak. You've got to have a moderate pace. You cannot go too fast. You cannot go too slow, primarily because you cannot lose us as your audience. If you lose us as the audience, it's going to, you're going to have to work too hard to get us back. So I say do a five. Do a moderate pace. Within that, make fluctuations and variations for variety. Next is articulation. And I, I don't like the word articulation because generally I say you, you hear the word articulation and people think that means to overpronounce everything. And again, we're trying to be real. We want people to connect to us. And, and like Melanie said, when they're not going to connect to Hollywood, they'd be so traumatized by the, the perfection in their mind of it. They want to connect with you. They can't connect with you if they can't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. So don't overdo it. Slow down. Drop your jaw. Let the words come out. Be aware of your endings. Be aware of opening your mouth. I tell people to visualize. Imagine that every single vowel and consonant paid the same admission price to get out of your mouth. You don't want to give any refunds. You Demi people can relate to that. We don't want to give refunds. The same thing is, stands true for your words. Let them out of your mouth. The next thing that I would say is make sure you breathe. We as a culture, I know certainly in America, and I feel like around the world, we get so focused and caught up and in, in, in people are not going to understand us that we don't breathe, and that exacerbates everything I'm talking about because the face tightens up, the words spill out, Take your time. Like Gisela said, you are the expert. You know more about what you're teaching than I will ever know. So deliver it with confidence. Deliver it with a moderate pace. Articulate the sounds and fill it with your passion. It is your passion that will create the variety without any technical training that I love to give. But that is what will make us connect to you and relax about it. The more hyper-focused you are about it, the less you will be able to deliver it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And uh, did anybody else want to add to the issue of like the, the way you sound? I know you sell actually because, yeah, Melanie, if you want to jump in there? Sure, thanks. Um, it's important that if we are, uh, if our purpose is to serve an international audience, we do have to be cognizant of our timing so, for instance, uh, 
let me get a little. I used to be a court reporter, and the highest that you have to be able to keep up with the, you know, the conversation in a courtroom, it's 225 words per minute, and that is darn fast. <laughs> but the the comfortable talking speed is what what I am speaking, and I notice what what Tracy's speaking. That's about 125 words a minute, because that gives people the time to hear it, to transcribe it if they are doing that, and it's a it's a comfortable pace. Otherwise, if you talk really fast, like this is about like 165 words a minute, it's really hard to keep up. And if you really really talk fast, this is like 225. You know, you don't want to do that. Uh, because people will, you know, they'll say, I can't hear that fast. So um, if, we, if we are dealing with an international audience, people who are, their second language is English, and we speak English, it behooves us to talk at a pace where they can grasp what we're saying rather than every other's tenth word or so. Mm -hmm. Mark? Yes. I just wanted to add um, to that because um, we know we have some friends that um, have some very strong accents. You know, English is their second language. And, you know, to do a Udemy course, they've been sort of frightened to do it because, oh, my accent, I need to, I need to be able to speak better. I need to have a better accent, less, you know, less broad. And, you know, we've been saying to them, look, you know, it's actually part of you. It's actually, it's, it's charming. You know, you sound charming. And that's actually who you are and that's your accent is part of you so don't try to be somebody that you're not and just you know accept how you sound and it is actually charming yeah and it's just it just reminded me of a conversation we had on Friday night from wasn't it and it was so funny um, because obviously if you ever take uh, Tracy's accent reduction course I, I took it out of interest and it was really really interesting and she goes you know Tracy explains how you know, people, um, they don't have certain sounds sometimes in their language, so that's going to be a real issue when it comes to learning. And it was really funny because we've got these two Polish friends, and they said, David's not coming to dinner because he has a bag. And we're like, well, why has David got a bag, and why is that affecting coming to dinner? And they looked at us gone out, and they kept saying, David has a bag. And then eventually we clicked, David has a bug. And they couldn't say, uh, it's not in their vocabulary. And they couldn't even hear the difference between uh and ah. Uh, you know, and I, I, the only reason I knew about it is because I took Tracy's course and I picked up and I didn't even realize that sometimes people don't have different sounds. So we haven't got time to go into all that. But if you are struggling, Tracy's course is excellent. I do highly recommend that. Do you have anything you wanted to sort of add to this lend and I'm going to bring the seller in? No, no, I think we've covered that very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gisela, because obviously Gisela is the one here who's actually got experience of having an accent and uh, English as a second language. So do you have any thoughts on this, Gisela? Well, I have my accent, of course, <laughs> and uh, that's, uh, that's very clear. And uh, when I gave my first course in English in the United States, I was really worried, you know, and I was kind of, apologizing to everybody because of my accent and and one somebody told me well what are you apologizing about I mean it's you have an accent and it's it's something like Melanie just said you know or what Phil said it, it's charming it's nice it's okay <laughs> so and and you know I just flew with I just flew with with what I had to say and focused on my message and what is it I wanted to share with people and uh, going over my accent, if, um, if, if I 
I, I found myself like stuck because I couldn't find in my head the word in English. I would just ask people to help me out. I mean, you know, how do you say this and that, this type of thing, you know? That's when I have to, uh, when I had, had been in the, in the situation of giving a course in what, in the language which is not mine, which is Spanish. Now, my, my main courses in, in Udemy are in Spanish. So, um, I just have one course in English up to now. And I, I, I plan to kind of be translating and transforming my, making a, the, the English version of my courses in, in, in Spanish. But, um, I think it's, it's something that people fear, as Philomena just mentioned. Uh, if you have an accent, will people like it? Will people not like it? There is a study made by, by some people in Udemy saying that um, students do not like strong accents in, in their instructors. And I think it has to do with the fact that, that they, the participants maybe won't like the, the type of extreme accent that will, that will prevent them from understanding what somebody is saying. But beyond that, I mean, if people can understand what you're saying, even beyond your accent, it, it's okay. I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't mind anymore. Yeah, and I think it's. I think it's aware, being aware of there's so many different accents, and I think you know most of the time it's just accepting. I think there are cases like Gisela said where your accent is so heavy and so thick that people can't understand what you're saying, and in those no. cases. Yes. I was just going to say, um, Sue Mosley just sort of said having captions um, helps a lot when people have um, strong accents. So just uh, just as you mentioned there about strong accents, so yeah, that's, having that's subtitles, a, captions. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good tip, isn't it, to, to, to help there. And obviously, you know, you can get, there is coaching, you can get it out there. But when I even just think about little old England, England is a, a tiny little place, you know, in comparison to most countries in the world. And there's some places in England, and Len, you know, will know about it. Some places you go, and you just cannot understand what they're saying. And so when you're from the outside, you'll think, oh, all English people sound like the Queen. We don't. None of us sound like the Queen, unless we've got the 20 mansions we're talking about in a you know, 20 room mansion we're talking about in the green room before we started. But you know, you're gonna have, you're gonna have an accent. So sometimes you just gotta accept the accent. If you've got a really thick accent. Or you're trying to improve your English, then you know it's, it, I would encourage you then to go and look some other places, course, and go and get and have a look at how you can, you know, understand why you have an accent and control it a little bit. But I didn't want to stay there too long because I want us to touch on. Okay, so we've built ourselves up. We've we've gone out, and I want to talk about practicing in a bit. But I'm going to come back to that. We've gone out and we've put ourselves out there, and then. Someone comes along, leaves a bad review, or someone leaves a negative comment, you know, um, and all of a sudden, you know what it's like, you know, it, I think it goes back to childhood almost, like, you, you know, you're hanging out at school and then someone really criticizes the way you look and the feeling, you know. So how do we, how would we deal with that? Because there's one thing to have a personal, you know, self-criticism that's too high, but how do you deal with someone because there are people out there who will just criticize, and they might not be that kind either. How do you actually deal with that? Does anybody want to start with that one? I will. Tracy? Okay. okay. Melanie, then Tracy. I had someone tear me to shreds, 
and it was a stranger. You know, it was online. It was public. It was a public comment that just told me off on how I physically look. And, you know, yeah, that, that twinges a little bit at your heart because nobody likes to hear that. But I publicly responded back. I said, thank you for taking the time to notice this flaw I have. I appreciate that. But apparently it's not a big deal to the to the rest of my viewers, but I do appreciate that you notice, and uh, please watch again. <laughs> okay, you know, so, so I turned a negative into thank you, watch again. So you, you, but what you did there was very subtle. You kept it in perspective, didn't you? Yeah. Because this was yeah. one person, mm -hmm. and I think that was immediately your response was, well, everyone else is fine, and you've got to keep that in mind sometimes because one criticism is not necessary. It's if if ten people say, "Oh, actually, you know, this is bad. You need to start listening." But if one person says something, you know, they might just be having a bad life, as I would say. Do you get me? They're having a bad life, you know, and they've decided today that you're going to get it. So, um, Tracy, did you have something you wanted to add to that? I love that, and I, I wanted to add something uh, a very similar. I, too, Melanie, have just been shredded online, and of course, years ago, I used to try to please everyone, and then I learned that that was not reality, that I, I very much embraced that there were people that were going to like my teaching style and methodology and the way I looked and sounded and everything else, and then there were going to be the ones that think I blink too much, like the crazy agent. But one of the things that is so important in effective communication is understanding the concept of and learning giving feedback and receiving feedback. And I think the first step that you have to look at is like Melanie said, is this constructive criticism? You know, is it, am I being too flat with my voice? Is my hair a mess? You know, what, whatever it is. And if that is something that you can adjust and make your presentation better to serve the whole, absolutely look into it. But then one of the things that I think is very important to embrace is the concept of, it's not about me, like what you're saying, Mark. There are people that are going to criticize every, I think they call them trolls on the internet, I believe. And they just go and they make horrible, they've made them to me. My very first hangout, you're boring. You know? And I could have had a second of, well, I'll never do a hangout again. But then I said, this person doesn't know me. They've never probably seen my work. This is not about me. Like you say, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they're, you know, just found out they were getting a divorce. Maybe they just lost all their money. It's not about me. And if you can embrace that and put your focus on the ones that do want to learn from you, regardless of all of these other issues, then you're going to soar. You're just going to soar, and you're going to touch and change lives every day. Thank you, Tracy. Len, did you, because obviously, Len, you've been now, you've got your free course, and you've got a very successful course on Udemy. You've been there, um, you know, three years now. You're a very established structure on Udemy. You know, you, have, you, have you had to deal with any of this, or do they just say this English gentleman and leave you alone? It, it, it happens to everybody, and when it's particularly irksome, it's, it's when uh, someone has clearly not read the description of the course, and you've, you've made very clear what, what they're going to achieve or what level it's supposed to be. Uh, they criticize that, uh, and then uh, they leave you to me, so you can't even have a conversation with that person, uh, and, and the, uh, uh, the, the bad reviews there. I feel sorry for 
people who are, it's their very first course, uh, and it's their very first uh, um, response, uh, and, and that really is very difficult to cope with, because they, they realize not only in terms of, of their, their own response, uh, but also uh, it, it takes time for other reviews to come through, and right at the top, or maybe it's the only one, is that criticism. It's much easier for us. We've been around long enough now to know that, yes, the good, the good uh, um, responses overwhelm very significantly the, the, the trolls. But I, I, I do sympathize with those people that uh, are hit on, on day one. So how much, Len, have you found, do you have much, um, have you had any criticism about personal appearance, about a camera, or anything like that? Nothing, nothing like that at all. Um, Sometimes it, 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 I'm trying to think now. I can think of three occasions uh, where people have said that uh, this course is too basic, uh, and uh, the, the course is described as a basic course. It's described as the essentials. It's described that way in the promo video and everything else. So that that is rather frustrating. Uh, if you can, before they before they get there, before they take their uh, refund, if you can contact them. This happened only a couple of weeks to me. Uh, I got onto the guy and I said, I think this is. Possibly be unreasonable. You know, thank you for, for, for giving a review. Um, but if you look, uh, it is clearly described as, as a very basic course. And, and oddly enough, he, he changed it from two to five stars. So he obviously genuinely felt uh, badly about the course, but then realized that it, it was his own misunderstanding. Yeah, and I found that as well before. When people, um, you know, when we're talking about people leaving, you know, criticism in a form of a review on a Udemy course. And I know some people, you know, have had the first course out, like you described, you know, and they've gone in a particular angle and it hasn't been appreciated, and they've started being hit very heavy. Um, I find that when you approach someone who's criticised and actually start to engage with them, they start to soften a little bit because you were just a target. But when you start talking back, all of a sudden you're a person. Now there's a relationship. And people, people are very comfortable throwing stones from a distance. But when you get back up close to them, you'll find that the stone throwing, they're not so comfortable. It's like, you know, the school bully who throws a stone and then you confront them. I'm not suggesting you go out there and confront them, but like Melanie did, you know, you address the issue, you know, and you sometimes just have to, you know, stand in that perspective if, you know, this is just a one in a thing. So that's the thing, I think, the main core bit here is keep it in perspective. If it's just one criticism out of the blue, maybe it's just somebody, you know, but if it is... Uh, you're getting this as a general trend, and that's good because you can turn around that work on it and take it from there and improve on your on-camera presence. Now we're only touching the tip of the iceberg here. I know we are because we haven't even got into presence or anything like. But we're really dealing with fear. Um, and one of the things I wanted us to talk about was um, we discussed it earlier. I, I, one of the things that I really, that Tracy's course really helped me with was the biggest thing I understood once she went through the course, the biggest thing I understood was she's, she's actually getting you to be natural on camera. And it's actually getting rid of all that, you know, that, oh, the robot and I've got to be perfect here and my pronunciation. It's actually about getting perfect on camera. And I just wanted to touch, just very briefly, just mention that, because a lot of the time it's about being natural on camera and fear can stop you being natural. And that seemed to be, we don't have time to go into that completely because I really want to talk about, so much to talk about, I haven't got much time there. I really want to talk about practicing. Because it came up earlier. 
you know. And when it comes to getting uncomfortable in front of, I know from my perspective, it's been through practice. So I'm going to bring Melanie in on this one first because obviously she's got the Hangout uh, show, which supports people practicing. So what's some of the things you would say to people on this, Melanie? Well, when I started the show and they and it was, you know, I had an introductory video to said, okay, you have to have headphones, you have to have some lights and so forth. I said, and you must realize we don't delete anything. There's no deletes. There's no redos. Uh, this is part of overcoming that fear because otherwise you'll never be satisfied. If you know that we're going to do a show and then I'm going to edit the heck out of it to make everybody shine and beautiful, you don't get that here. And that, I think, was the biggest step that helps people because they, they know that they can't fight that issue and they know that they all, if they want to edit the video of themselves later and make themselves look perfect, that's fine. You know, they can do that. But when, when you present the situation where this is it, this is your moment, there's no undo, there's no redo, so get over it. Just jump over the hurdle. If you trip, then come back on next week, come back on in a month. Let's do it again. But uh, that was that's the biggest thing I think that the uh, people who come on Lights Camera HOA appreciate because uh, they that that that's the biggest help for them. They relax. It's such a it's such a concept that oh I can relax because she's just gonna let me be me anyway. Excellent, excellent. So Lamina, I know um, it, for you it was a huge thing with confidence. Love it was just practice, wasn't it? With your experience with you know, just getting up in front of people and talking, which is, is very relevant to what we're talking about here. Yes, yes, it was. And I think it was that practice which actually helped um, become comfortable and, and encouragement. It was actually having encouragement from people and you felt safe. So from what um, Melanie's has described, it's a safe environment. You know, it's um, encouraging people just to sort of get on with it. And it sounds, you know, perfect to sort of help people. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to do when um, the community started, the OBE community, is to do the hangouts and to give people the opportunity to come on and practice. And we would still encourage people to put their name down for the panel and to come on, even if they're not maybe an expert or knowledgeable on the subject, because they can ask questions, they can get more comfortable in front of the camera. And that's something we wanted the OBE community to, to sort of do as well. So just to remind people that uh, that's you know this, the hangouts are here to sort of practice as well. Yeah, and I would I'd recommend you know to, just you know I think you know go and go and check Melanie's stuff out because you know I think what I'm hearing her say is you know don't worry you're going to make mistakes get over it you know and once you accept you're going to make mistakes you can then move on from that because I know when me and Phil come to filming. <laughs> Um, I've got a very different approach to filming than Phil. I just stand up here and I'll talk and go all the way through. And bless her, she has to edit out all the bits where, you know, I've scratched my nose and didn't realize I was doing it and all the rest of it. She'll tell me, I'll say, you scratch your nose and I've got to edit out. How am I supposed to edit out? I'll put a, put a slide up there. They won't be able to say. That'll be fine. Um, but when she does the thing, it, she's, she's naturally very sort of, you know, it's got to be absolutely perfect. And that's, it's getting to that place where you're just, you know, relaxed because... People expect to see the odd mistake. When we're talking about a Udemy course here, like we said earlier, this is not Hollywood. This is not Lord of the Rings. 
you know, this is people expect you to be normal and see a sort of mistake. Yeah. So, Mark, um, just practicing, just yes. Mark, just to add, um, Donald Brandt has um, added that uh, he found reading um, um, insignificant piece of a newspaper in front of a camera helpful. So that was another form of practicing, even if you haven't got an audience, just practice, you know, reading something out loud. Um, and that's what uh, Donald has um, suggested as um, this has been helpful. I'm going to come back to Trace in a minute because I know she's obviously got coaching and stuff, so she's going to have some things. But, Alain, have you got sort of any tips for people when it comes to practicing? What would, yeah, and then getting comfortable in front of the camera? What's been good for you? But what, so the way I, I can become relaxed. Uh, and, and, and I suspect uh, some of the panel may disagree strongly with me here. Uh, I use a script, and that's a wonderful prop. Uh, not everyone, and I, 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 I fall into this category. I, I am not articulate. Uh, I do um and uh all of the time. And while you can get away with that in an interactive environment like a classroom or, or a hangout, once you boil it down to a four-minute uh, um, video, uh, the ums and just make you look disorganised and perhaps not knowing your, your your subject. So I've got all these things stacked against me, but, if I, but I can read. I taught to read a long time ago. So I, I, I rely very heavily uh, upon using a script. And that means when I do rehearse, of course, it is exactly the same each time. And by rehearsing it out loud, uh, reading it out loud, I, I can see where I'm having problems, where it doesn't quite flow exactly, and I simply change the script. And then I, when, I, when I actually switch on the camera, I've, I've got the confidence to know this is going to work. And that works for me. Yeah, and I think that's, and I think, um, you know, I might have actually got this from you, Tracy, but I think there's three stages, there's three different ways you can do it. You can start with scripting, um, you know, and if you're comfortable, you can move on to bullet points and ad-libbing, and some people can just, and I can't do this, some people can just go up there and just talk, you know, and there's three different stages. But I'm going to come back to you in a minute, Tracy. I just want to ask Gisela, has, like, Gisela, did you... Did you practice when you was doing your courses? Was there anything you'd like to share people about? Did you have any techniques, or did you just get on with it? How did you sort of uh, cope with creating your courses and stuff? Um, well, I went a bit like Glenn. You know, I, I did have my script as well, and um, I did prepare it beforehand. And uh, um, my first videos were really lousy. I mean, but it, it, again. Practice it gives gives expertise, you know, makes you perfect. And considering perfection, okay, like being just natural, you know, like being yourself, letting letting yourself flow, um, and letting that the the script would be kind of a guide and not like you have to stick to the script word by word. Otherwise, then it sounds like a robot, you know, like that. Uh, 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 instead of just flowing with what you're, what, with what you're saying, with what your your message, uh, the message you want to convey to others, you want to share with others. Uh, but yes, it's it's um, it's it's um, kind of stops you from. It gives you more confidence. At least in my case, it did help me to have my own script. And uh, to read it beforehand, and then maybe to have a prompt in front of me in another computer just to guide me while I was uh, doing my recording. Um, and again, it it also has to do to me, uh, also with the stage you you prepare for your recording. You know that it's a proper place and, and so forth. You know, it's yeah kind of a bit of everything. You know. 
Yeah, and when we work with clients, you know, when they've had no, we've got, we, we, most of the people that come and film with us have had no experience of being in front of a camera, and every time we script for them. But when we develop the script, it's really, really interesting when it actually comes to developing the script, because we will, we will write, they'll give us a draft script, and then we'll, this is often for marketing videos. So they'll give us a draft script of what they want to communicate. And Philomena will take that, and she'll actually then create a marketing flow to that script. So she'll do some uh, scripting, some copywriting on that. And then they'll come to us. They'll, they'll sign that script off. Then they'll come to us, and they will sit down, and they'll read it out. And as they read it out, we will see where they're stumbling, where maybe there's too many words together that are too big, and it's too tongue twisty. And we'll go in, and we'll change it back to their language. And I think when it comes to, just a, a tip there, when it comes to developing a script for your speaking, you need to go through it several times and don't be frightened to change it. And, and when you've got little experience, a script, I think, is really, really, really powerful way of getting a really professional sort of thing. Now, I think if you want to, before I hand it back to Tracy, if you want to mention anything there, Phil, about that process. Um, no, I think you sort of um, you've pretty much covered it. Uh, it's um, we have to sort of match the script to make the the client feel comfortable. And in the Q and A, there's a few people agreeing that uh, a script is a good way to take care of nervousness. Um, so there's a few agreements uh, with Len on that as well. Okay, so I'm gonna come in on Tracy now and practicing. Tracy, I know you help people practice, so where, where do we start? Because people ask me in the panel, the question, you know, are there any exercises? I've got a question from Rob uh, from Creatures. And what exercises, exercises are there to practice getting used to the camera? What, what would you recommend people if it's just, you know? Well, can we have another hour? That, that, that's yeah. No, not today, I'll yeah, try to okay. wrap it up as quick as I can. I'm a huge fan of scripts. I abs I work with a script. Um, I think it's essential that you discover what kind of script works for you. Some people will need bullet points. Some people will need a full-blown script. I think the danger lies in giving all of the power to the words and getting too bogged down in saying it word for word exactly right and using it as a crutch. So I think you you use the maximum amount of script that you need, but nothing more. I think that practicing in front of the mirror is a fantastic way. I have clients all the time say, can I record myself and watch it back? No. No, because I know what you'll do. You'll you'll be so incredibly over-criticized, you'll criticize your voice, you'll criticize your movement, you'll, you'll never get anything shot. So you get in front of the mirror and you, you talk to yourself, you see yourself, you be friends with yourself, you deliver your material with your script in your hand, and I believe it is essential, crucial, the most important thing to practice because it sounds so beautiful and perfect and fantastic in your head. And if you never say it out loud, you will not be able to get it out as beautifully as it is in your script. It drives me crazy when I work with actors and they've got it all in their head. They want they don't want to they don't want to say it out loud. You've got to say it out loud. You've got to get it in the muscle memory. You've got to say, oh, the stress there doesn't work. That, that, that doesn't sound that's not the point I want to make at all. I need to adjust that. Well, you say it out loud. I believe there is no such thing as too much practice. And I'll tell you another really cool trick is what I call 
over practice. You've probably figured out by now I'm a little animated. Well, I want to be at a five when I get on camera. I don't want to be at a three. So I'm going to overdo it. I'm going to practice and I'm going to add some value and I'm going to get excited about it. And then when I get on camera and the nerves kick in a little bit, boom, I'm coming right in at a five. And that's exactly where you want to be. You don't want to come in at a two because then you, you're not quite as fabulous as you really are. So those are a few things. Um, I also think it's very important to take into consideration something I refer to as human disclosure. And somebody pointed this out earlier. One of the comments that I get all the time, and, and I certainly am in no way wanting to make the editors go crazy, Philomena, because I'm not insisting that you screw up on purpose. But very often, if you look at my work, I'll say, well, you know, I need to rephrase that. Or I got lost for just a minute. You know what I'm trying to say? I'll make a human disclosure, uh, and I hear that from more students than almost anything, is that you became so real in that moment that I connected with you. And so I think that's so important to remember, you know, to, to be human and that it, you know, it's okay if you make a slight error. You don't have to keep calling cut and doing it again and again. Now, if you totally are messing up, absolutely stop. But I also think that if you practice and if you have that script, you're doing what is called getting yourself grounded. And if you are grounded because you know where you're going and what you are doing, you will avoid so much of that um, and all that nervous stuff because you know where you're going. You've said it out loud. You've got your guidepost right there like Len talks about. You've done it. And you can bring the message to us in a way that we can engage with that way. So that's what I, I've got. absolutely love that over... Uh, the overemphasis, that over, you know, overacting, and then coming in and actually, you know, it bring you down. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you for that, Tracy. I just want to check the um, the comments. Obviously, we need to wrap up. We've run out of time. It's one of those hangouts where we could double it quite easily, and I'm sure we'll come back to this at some point, and we'll talk about we'll take it beyond fear, and actually maybe you know taking. I think another future hangout would be where we can actually take it and. How we actually then start increasing the, you know, our presence on camera, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of that stuff. Um, you know, I think someone was asking earlier about the trick of, you know, putting a, a, an image of someone by the camera and talking to them as a person. I find that helps. When I film, I've got a TV where I can actually see myself as I'm filming. I find that helps. Might not help everybody. Um, Donald said. Uh, Donald Brand, I was made to stand up in front of my grade school classmates and read from a storybook. That time in my life I was a bit shy, but I found that reading an insignificant piece of newspaper in the front in front of the camera is helpful. So that's good. He's getting his mind off the fact that the camera's looking at him. Um, uh, Vikenda said, English is my fourth language. An accent was a major bugbear for me. But as I said, it was. So he's overcome. That's great. Um... And then Sue's done something. Sue Mosley's found someone on Facebook. Uh, she's found a group on Facebook where they share a Udemy women, a Udemy group on 
Facebook, it's made up of women, they share videos of each other and get feedback, very similar to what um, Melanie's doing, although what I say is, and one of the things I would say, we've, we've not really touched on, Hangouts, get on Hangouts, you'll get comfortable in front of the camera in Hangouts, so check out Melanie's course that we said earlier, um, and then there was just one more comment I wanted to pick up. Um, Creature Designs uh, Takeaway, maybe? No, no, there was something funny earlier I wanted to catch. Um, uh, would it be the the, uh, the matching color? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vivek says Mark's talking about his shirt again, is he? Okay. No, but I think um, uh, Rob from Creature Designs asked, were we uh, matching our shirt color um, on purpose, me and you? <laughs> I think I got dressed first. In all fairness to you, I couldn't remember what you were wearing, and yes, in all fairness, you did get dressed. We both like the same color. What can we say? They're this like, is one of my favorite colors. So. A long time. It just <laughs> happened. Um, Donald Brandt says, "I'm hideous. Do you think it's okay to wear a disguise and mask?" I'm hoping, Donald. Now you've gone through this hangout, <laughs> and he's not. Ha Donald, you're not. You're not hideous. You're a good-looking man. You're fine. Um, I've been out hangout with Donald, and uh, you know. He's obviously joking there. So a great panel tonight. Uh, I'm going to ask everybody to put, give me a link, a resource to put below. I know Len's just got a new uh, course out, um, which is on um, being comfortable in front of cameras, dealing with this issue for Udemy course. He's got some tips from his experience. I want to get that below. Melanie, if you can get us a link for you know the stuff you're doing. Uh, we'll put a link to some free training below. We've also got a YouTube marketing video. I might put a link to that below. Tracy, if we can get a link for one of your courses with a discount for the watchers, that would be great. And I just want to thank you all for being on the show. It's been absolutely brilliant. Power Pack panel. Really happy you all joined us. And um, guys, we're going to have to say goodbye because we've run out of time. So bye-bye. <laughs>